I'm Sydney. And I'm Julie. And this is Restaurant and Retail Revelations. Listeners, so much has transpired since our Halloween episode. Spooky season is already over, which flew by, and my illustrious co-host, Julie, got hitched. So from now on, if you hear her introduced as Julie Standridge, know that you're in the same capable hands as before. She's just got a shiny new last name. (laughs) It's still so fun. Um, And for anyone listening for the first time, Restaurant and Retail Revelations is a podcast that spotlights key players in the restaurant and retail industries. And it's all made possible by Revel Systems, the leading cloud-native transactional platform on the market. In this episode, we'll talk with Amisha Papatia, shareholder and CMO for Tindrum Asian Kitchen. For those who aren't familiar with Tindrum, it's an Atlanta-based Asian fast casual franchise, and they offer mouth-watering Asian food staples. So let's dive in. Amisha, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. No, thanks for having me. So to get started, I'd love to introduce you to our listeners and want to dig in a little bit into what your role entails as a shareholder and chief marketing officer for Tindrum Asian Kitchen. Yeah, um, Tindrum is a really cool brand. Um, I was introduced to it actually when I was only Uh, 16 or 17 as a consumer before we decided to invest and operate and also then later become CMO. So my story goes way back. Um, But my role in the company really, um, although I am CMO and my focus is, uh, you know, to be a marketing leader for the company, um, I'm more of a generalist than a specialist. And that really helps me in what I do. Um, So focus is marketing. Um, However, I'm able to really look at it through the lens of an operator and uh, all my experience, um, you know, running uh, multiple tin drums um, and also my education in marketing sort of helps me make the right activations and, um, you know, make sure that we're um, yielding good ROI and just represent the brand really well. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I didn't realize you had, you know, previous hands-on experience um, actually operating Tindrum locations. So very cool. And now that we know a little bit more about how you're connected to Tindrum, I'd love to dive into the brand a bit more. So for those of you who don't know, our listeners, there's a very cool backstory behind the restaurant's name and the role of the Tindrummer in ancient Asian culture. Um, so Amisha, will you share a little bit more about that connection with us? Yeah, so, you know, the name Tindrum was quite organic. Um, Steven, who's the founder of Tindrum, and he'll tell you that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't too, you know, very curated. Um, So it was inspired by a music album, actually, the name, and um, it was the final studio album of an, by English fan Japan, um, and it's called Tindrum. And so it it really was very organic. Um, However, the Tindrummer story um, is really near and dear to us. Um, uh, it was, uh, you know, the tin drummer, he goes through, in ancient times, goes around banging his drum to um, invite everyone for like a communal eating experience. And he was sort of the news cat, the news teller. He was the, um, you know, the social media of the time, call it. 
um, and really just brought everybody together for a good eating experience. Um, and, and he made a difference in his uh, own world by uh, just, you know, working hard. And that's the Tin Drummer. And today we like to say that we're all Tin Drummers as a part of the brand, because isn't that what we essentially do? Uh, we work hard, we make a difference, and hopefully, you know, um, our food just just lightens someone's day. So we're, we're the modern Tin Drummer, call it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and so to kind of build on that concept of coming together, another thing that I love about Tin Drum is just the variety of cuisine options that you have on your menu. So it spans a lot of the essential staples and you can get anything from like Thai noodles to Vietnamese or even Chinese food and more. And I feel like so many restaurants stick to really just one regional specialty. So I'd love to hear from you about the philosophy behind a menu with so many different options. Yeah. So if you've been to a Tim Drum, you know that everything is cooked on demand. And the reason it's steaming hot is because it's cooked on thousand degree uh, walks at lightning speed. Uh, so we're able to, um, you know, serve uh, uh, workers and uh, anybody that need, only has like, you know, 20 minutes of a break. And so um, everything is cooked on demand, um, fresh, made to order. Um, and we offer Pan-Asian cuisine. And we like to call it Asia's greatest hits um, because it is a, uh, you know, a mix of, call it Thai food, Indian food. Um, we have ramen on the menu. Our ramen is actually one of our top sellers right now because it's so delicious and so um, you know, a really good mix of um, cuisine types, but also, you know, if you're in the mood of having a fried chicken sandwich, then we have one with an Asian flair. And so really, we're, you know, checking all the boxes and also uh, we honor proper food making, um, you know, that's we really do believe in proper food making and um, hopefully our food is bridging ethnic gaps. Uh, you know, the variety of cultures of cultures that we touch are hopefully introducing you to, or the consumer to that culture. Um, and it sort of just takes your taste buds on a journey and no passport required. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's lunchtime. Um, while we're talking through this podcast, you're making me hungry. And a thousand degree walks, that's wild. Um, I would have never guessed that. I, I do want to segue a, a touch here um, and think back to um, a wild 2020 um, COVID and the pandemic that, that's still brewing somewhat. I'm sure Tindrum was no exception to the many restaurants impacted. So I'm curious to hear what changes the restaurant implemented in response and how you guys continue to, to shift as new environments um, come about. Yeah, um, none of we won't forget it for sure. Uh, none of us will really. Um, it was a very, very tough time. Um, it was rapidly evolving. Like I remember m myself and team members, we were having to shift gears almost every other day, every other day. And um, we were having to actively listen to what our consumers need during that time. Um, because we wanted to, you know, be the type of um, restaurant that just want, you know, really um, meets needs during this tough time for our consumers. So it was rapidly evolving. We were having to continuously train our strategy. Uh, thankfully, our product travels really well. And therefore, um, we increased our off-premise dining more than before. So that did help us out um, later through the pandemic. 
Um, and, um, and we exposed ourselves to many new consumers who hadn't tried us uh, before. So we had to shift gears, um, you know, instead of doing like local store by foot marketing um, and like events and stuff like that, we had to sort of shift to an all digital marketing strategy uh, because that's, you know, where all the eyeballs were. And so I guess my answer to that was that we had to just rapidly evolve and answer and respond to what our consumers needed and it was it wasn't every day was a different day basically <laughs> yeah amisha i feel like you were reading my mind just now because one of my next questions was just you know to follow up on that off-premises demand i'm curious to know since folks can get asian food uh, and and their fix from tin drum through both online ordering and delivery do you know roughly what percentage of the restaurant's orders are for off-premises dining as opposed to like pre-pandemic times? Yeah, so pre-pandemic, we were 50-50. So people enjoyed us off-premise just as much as they did dining in. And then of course the pandemic definitely changed that because we did have to close our dining rooms due to, um, you know, due to the many restrictions out there. Um, so we now are a 60-40. Um, off-premise dining is still pretty high, um, right? Even right now, um, so we are at sixty forty, which means sixty percent is now off-premise and forty percent dine-in, um, which we don't we really don't mind because if that's the trend, you know. And it, let me take that back. If that's what the consumer needs and wants, who are we to change their behavior, right? So um, we we definitely don't mind it. Um, we do notice that in the winter seasons, our diamond does go up. So we anticipate that this season will sort of be similar. Yeah, I think that's definitely, um, you know, the, the temperature drops a little bit. And I'm sure that that uh, comes as, as no surprise. It's probably something you saw a bit last year as well. And you, another thing you mentioned earlier was that most of your food travels well. I, I had a question about that as well, which was, you know, as you saw the, the off-premises demand go up, did that impact your kitchen operations or your menu items at all? Or were you actually already in a pretty good place? Because I know, you know, the authenticity of the dishes is a big deal at Tindrum. Yeah, so we did see a lot of companies and brands sort of, you know, um, modify having to modify their product because obviously if you're serving pizza sometimes you know a thin pizza like a thin crust pizza might not travel too well um and and so long story short you know food travel our food does travel well to begin with and remember chinese takeout and delivery has been a thing since before uber eats and bordash right um it's it's been a thing since um since i could i could feel like when i was a child you know, ch getting Chinese food delivered um, from that pamphlet that you have stuck on your fridge door. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, you know, our food has always traveled well. However, I will say that our mark, our third party marketplace um, uh, vendors, like our partnerships with them, uh, they were already strong, but they did get stronger. Um, we were very well supported by them. They they were very enthusiastic in supporting Syndrome because they knew our product traveled well. So that whole that really did help us out. And you know we feel bad for some of the restaurants that had to close due to you know an issue like that product not traveling well. So um, we are very thankful, um, uh, definitely thankful. And I also want to touch on 
uh, our online ordering. Um, so a technological advancement that we had uh, through the pandemic relating to online ordering and delivery was we went tabletless. So we used that time to get rid of all of our tablets in store. And the way that we did it was um, Olo, our online ordering platform, um, has a feature called Rail, uh, which allows uh, orders to come directly through to the POS and then the ticket prints automatically. So that significantly helped our acceptance rate um, and you know, or not missing orders. Um, so it was a good technological advancement through the pandemic to help increase the off-premise dining. Yeah, that, that's a fantastic look at some of the changes you guys implemented. And since you are the chief marketing officer, I, I also really want to ask about Tindrum's rewards program. So do you, why did the brand decide to offer a rewards program in the first place? And how many people have downloaded the app to date, if you know offhand? Yeah, um, so love our loyalty app, I will say that. Um, so we are powered by Punch. Um, and uh, Punch is the industry-leading loyalty and engagement platform that enables brands to sort of deliver a omni-channel, um, you know, customer loyalty programs, both in-store and digitally. So it was really, um, you know, when we onboarded Punch just a few years ago, it hasn't been too long, it was really the next step in, in our marketing game, call it, um, to help enhance, you know, our communication with our fans. So we love our loyalty app and, and really that's why we have it because we want to continuously uh, communicate with our loyal fans um, and keep them engaged. Um, and then to answer your question about um, how many loyalty, uh, how many downloads or let's call it loyalty members we have. So we onboarded Punch only a few years ago. And since then we have about 60,000 loyalty members um, which is a good number considering that, you know, it wasn't too long ago. Um, and remember that as, as we continue to branch out of Atlanta, we do anticipate that number to go, um, to go higher. Um, it's, it's also great for us because we don't uh, discount. So Tindrum doesn't believe in doing sort of heavy discounts. Um, because we feel like we're already giving a premium product at a very affordable price uh, price point to the consumers. That's sort of our competitive advantage, call it. And the only way that you can get any sort of a reward from us is if you're a part of our loyalty app. And so that in turn has helped increase our loyalty sales and our online sales because if, if you really love Tindrum, you will download our loyalty app and then you get that free spring roll. We have weekly rewards. And so it's really helped our sales as well. Yeah, that's so we've, we've now talked about a few things that are our point of sale adjacent. Uh, and I love that uh, you gave the shout out to Punch because they are a great integrated partner for us. And I'm curious, you know, this is the part of the podcast where I'd like to ask you about Revel Systems and why Tindrum decided to move forward with Revel as their POS platform of choice. Yeah, so, so far we love Revel. Um, I will say that the reason that we chose uh, to go with Revel, the biggest one was scalability. Um, as we continue to grow, we want to make sure that we're supporting our franchisees. 
um, and they should have a seamless process when it comes to technology. Technology should help offload and, and not, you know, be a burden sort of. And so we think that Revel is set up to help us scale um, and also, uh, you know, connectivity issues that we had in the past sort of um, prompt us, prompted us to look for a new POS provider. And, and um, we, we really like that, you know, it has the ability to, um, you know, do key, like we could do kiosks and, you know, you guys are always looking into new ways of um, making the process for operators more and more seamless. And so uh, we appreciate that and also the support, right? So we, we have a dedicated um, account rep who, uh, who is fantastic and continuously helps us in anything we need, whether it be marketing or, you know, tech related to just, you know, tech technical issues, which we don't really face as much. Um, but, um, uh, you know, all of those things combined, I think it's a great package for our franchisees um, and hopefully helps with all sorts of things uh, related to uh, operations. Well, we're thrilled to have you as part of the Rebel family. Um, and we've talked about, you know, a few of the challenges that have been impacting the restaurant industry as of late. One of those being the labor shortage, which we haven't touched on yet, which has permeated so much of the restaurant industry among other sectors too. And I'm curious if Tindrum has experienced this challenge and if so, um, has your team made any changes in response to the trend? So we are, well, in relation to, to technology, um, we, we did see a labor shortage. I will say that um, we, we were no different. We, exper we experienced all the challenges that other restaurants have. Um, at the same time, we had onboarded Rebel. And so we started exploring the kiosks um, and, we, and we love the kiosks. There might be a few locations with us that are more suitable for kiosks than others. Um, but that's what I think the future is and, you know, moving towards, um, towards a business model that is not as, um, not heavily relying on labor. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a really fine line because we want to give our guests the full tin drum experience and that does require um, having tin drummers, right, our crew. And so we're battling the issue. We will continue to uh, explore ways to relieve the the labor problem that we're having, but um, you know people are at the core of what we do, and so it's it's a de it's decisions essentially that we have to make um, that are tough. But uh, you know it's, I think it's going to continue to evolve, and we will learn more in the near future. So yeah, certainly. So, I, you know, this is the part where I, I want to give you the opportunity to shout out anything that might be on the horizon for Tindrum. So is there any news that you might want to share with our listeners, whether it's a, a new location or menu adjustments or anything to look forward to? Yeah, so Houston, we have almost landed. <laughs> we haven't landed yet, but we have almost landed. Um, we are opening our first of five locations in Houston, uh, hopefully this early this early 2022. Um, and so that's a that's a big one. We just had our 18 year anniversary. So Tindrum uh, has been a local favorite now for 18 years. Um, so it can I think it's at legal age to do a few things uh, now. <laughs> 
Um, and and menu innovations, we recently, through the pandemic, an a menu innovation that we are very proud of is um, we're, we now have a completely new beverage program. Um, so we offer boba tea now. If you've had boba, uh, you know that it's, it's amazing and, <laughs> and very addictive, but um, we've launched premium uh, bubble teas and um, variety in variety of flavors, toppings. And so that has been a very, um, very exciting project. Um, and now six, now almost, I would say 70% of our locations have boba tea now as an offering. And so that's pretty cool. Um, and, and, and yeah, and we, we don't stop innovating, you know, hopefully 2022 has some cool new innovations uh, as far as product go, products go uh, coming up soon. Yeah. Congrats on your expansion plans. That's very exciting. And yeah. I'm a, I'm a Boba Tea fan myself, so I'll have to come try some. <laughs> Great. Most and um, for folks interested in a Tindrum franchise, uh, what, where should they get more information about becoming a franchisor? Um, our website, it's got all the information they need. Um, Great. It, everything from, you know, and if they have in, need information on numbers, some of the numbers are listed online. And then there's a little, you know, entry form that they can fill out um, in, or inquiry form that they can fill out and they should get a response from our team within 24 to 48 hours. And so it's a seamless process, really, if you're looking to join the Syndrome family. Um, and, you know, we hope to uh, support them however we can. That's fantastic. Amisha, I just want to make sure at this point, is there anything we have not covered yet with you? I know we've, we've covered a lot of ground today, uh, but is there anything that we've missed so far on the podcast that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, no, I think you guys uh, asked me a lot of really good questions, actually. I think, um, I think we covered it all. And, uh, you know, Tindrum is a brand that likes to provide an upmarket experience affordably. And so we, you know, we're, we're happy to be a part of Atlanta and hopefully um, more of us in the, in the coming years. Well, we're very glad to have you here too. And thank you so much for joining us today, Amisha. It was great to have you on the podcast. And I think I speak for Sydney and myself when I say we're daydreaming of the next Asian noodle dish we get to enjoy. So thank you. Yes. Yes. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. So before we order some lunch, I'd love to revisit a couple of highlights from our conversation with Amisha today. One is how off-premises dining has really taken root at their restaurants and their team is, I think, so fortunate that their menu items naturally traveled well for delivery and to-go orders. Oh, exactly. I feel like Asian cuisine and pizza are the gold standard for off-premises dining. And that's truly served both concepts very well through the pandemic challenges. I think many of us have grown to appreciate and expect the convenience of off-premises dining. So it's interesting to hear from Amisha and have her confirm that it's still live and well at all of their restaurants at Tindrum. It really is. And another thing that was great to hear is that they're, they're expanding. And we love to hear that about our clients. And you know, for so much of 2020, we heard a lot of tough news and I'm loving the success stories that are starting to surface. It's truly encouraging to hear. And it's so exciting for their team. 
And to any listeners who are considering a franchise opportunity of their own, you heard Amisha, just head to Tindrum's website and you can find more details there. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Restaurant and Retail Revelations. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Amisha as much as we did. And I encourage you to like and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. We'll be back soon with fresh content.